if you are niching down, if you're a back specialist and the only thing that you specialize in is we're going to help you with your back pain, that is all we're going to do. And we are specialists in back pain. Guess what? The person who is struggling with back pain, rather than going to a normal chiropractor or physio or whoever it is, right, a normal clinician, they would rather choose you over anyone else. Welcome to the Biology of Business, where we talk about the anatomy and physiology of a business so you can apply your clinical reasoning skills to your business reasoning and create a healthy, sustainable, impactful and profitable clinic. I hope you enjoy listening and subscribe. Hello, hello and welcome. Welcome, Arthur. How are you? I'm doing really well, Kay. How are you? Oh, I'm really good. Thank you. Really good. So I'd just like anybody that's joined us to watch. Um, hello, we're just... hello and welcome. Welcome, Arthur. Ooh. How are you? I'm doing really well, Kay. How are you? So I'd just like anybody that's joined us to pop in the chat that they can uh, hear us and, um, and yeah, leave mentioning that she can see us. So that's great. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, I'm glad you can hear us. Brilliant. Right. So, Arthur, thank you very much for uh, joining me today. My Welcome. To, it's been a while since we've done a live recording. Yes, it has. It's been, I think it's like a year, two years. Yeah, you've been busy, busy writing a book. And that was yes. my first question. So, ah. Arthur is a um, marketeer and somehow despite homeschooling, running a business and the chaos that's been thrown at us all over the last two years, has managed to find time to write your book, Mind Hat Marketing. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations oh on getting oh, that finished. Thank you so much. It's been one hell of a ride. <laughs> for oh. So yeah. just tell me before we get stuck into this interview, how on earth did you carve out the time, because you have been homeschooling as well, yeah. to write a book and run your business and juggle it all with the uncertainty oh, and chaos that's been thrown at us mad I'm telling you it's been absolutely mental I actually started writing the book in 2018 so I'd written about half of it right um and what happened was is I kind of almost hit a brick wall and I just left it and I kept on trying to pick it back up and I was like I don't know and I think I think part of me deep down I was like this isn't good enough and I kept telling myself it wasn't good enough and so I just parked the idea and I'd written literally 120 pages at this point and I was like right forget it right and then basically what happened was is um early um uh, earlier sort of last year so this is just when the pande pandemic had hit um I signed up with a world famous uh, marketing coach and um you know he basically said to me could you please send me everything that you've got everything you've ever written everything you've ever created I just want to have a look at everything that you've done and I was like everything and he went yeah I said well I've got a book in there somewhere as well that I started writing and I never finished it and he went well why didn't you finish it and I went I don't know I just I didn't think it was any good and he goes well you let me be the judge of that right and so I sent off everything to him and then when we got on our first coaching call he demanded to know where the rest of it was <laughs> he was basically where's the where's the rest of this and I was like uh I never finished it like and he was like yeah yeah <laughs> I said I, he goes this is so good like I'm not just saying this he goes and and this is somebody who's got more than 20 years of experience in the industry and he's worked with the likes of Dan Kennedy um and John Carlton and Rich Sheffer and like, he's worked with some really top-notch marketers like one-on-one -on -one. and when he read it he was like I'm so excited reading your book and I want I demand to see the rest of it um... and if it wasn't for his help and advice I don't think I would ever have 
you know, basically taking out the time to resurrect it, really, um, because it was that sort of fear deep down, you know, like it's imposter syndrome, isn't it? You almost like think, oh, well, I'm not good enough. You know, I, I don't have the credentials. I don't have this. I don't have that. And so you tell yourself all of these silly stories as to why it's not good enough. And then it stops. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So then as soon as he said that, then it was like, OK, well, I want to get a bit serious. And I knew that if I left myself to myself, I would procrastinate. So mm. I went and got myself a publishing uh, consultant. And um, mm. obviously when you invest in something like that, you have to do it then, don't you? Um, and then it was just a simple case of, okay, well, let's get a plan together of what the rest of the book is going to look like. Because I'm going to be honest, at that point, I did not have a plan in my head. It was just, I just started writing. Um, and then they helped me put a lot of structure behind the book. And then outside of that, it was literally, right, 30 minutes a day. I just committed yes. to doing 30 minutes a day. And, it and when did you tend to do that? Did you do that before breakfast? First or thing like in the morning. It was did my you? first, yeah, first thing in the morning. I thought if I don't do it the first thing, because I, I always used to get up before my son anyway. So I'm, 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 I've always been kind of like an early, right? a bit like UK, right? I'm, a, I'm an mm. early riser, right? I do everything in the morning. And I thought if I don't do this, make this the priority and do my bit of work first, then everything else will get in the way and I won't be able to get it yeah, done. So before you do your client work or anything yeah, else, it can. Yeah. And I had days where, by the way, I only wrote, I wrote literally one page. Right. So there were days where I literally only had 10 minutes spare and I was like, I've got a really full on day today, but I'm going to commit. And so I'd mentally told myself that whatever happens, you're going to write at least one page, at least one page a day. And so it took a little bit longer than I had anticipated. In the end, the book in total is about 320 pages long. So it was, it's not a, it's not a small book um, by any stretch of the imagination, but I got it done. And then it was like a case of like going through, you know, the, the, you know, edits. And then we had a second round of edits and stuff like that. And yeah, and then eventually it was published and yeah. Oh. Well, well there's another opportunity to invite you back to talk about writing a book sometime yes <laughs> so during the lockdown you sent me a report that you'd written that you called an avatar emergency report yes. because you were really conscious of the change in people's state and how critical it was for business owners to recognize that there was a change in people's state and be able to act accordingly yeah yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing is, though, I mean, I, I believe I was the very first marketer to ever even talk about this, um, which is quite a big deal, actually. Um, and so when I wrote the paper, I wrote it from the perspective of the customer because everyone else was, while every, every other marketer out there, they were talking about strategies of what to do to sort of like, you know, start getting more customers in and start doing this and, you know, start, you know, and there were so many different algorithm updates and there was all sorts of things that were going on um, around about the same time. So while everyone else was focusing on the tactics and the strategies to try and basically grow your business I was like forget all that let's just talk about the the you know the elephant in the room which no one is talking about which is like people are absolutely scared and it's impacting buying decision you know mm -hmm. and that's what I basically focused on and then um and I knew that this was the case because like I'd felt a shift in my own business so there were people so so these were long-standing clients who'd been with me for like years all of a sudden cutting their marketing efforts down. I mean, I had I had uh, one client actually who said to me that, um, oh, Arfa, I like, I, I, you know, I can't do this. I can't manage. I've had to lay off staff. I've had to do this. I've had to do that. The problem was, is when I had when I sat down and had a consultation with him, I said, listen, let's not oper operate out of fear. And let's see what we can do to try and help you. And then, you know, his process, because, you know, he does like conservatories and things like that. They've literally got a 12 week planning process. And I said, look, you know, if you stop your marketing right now, 
you're going to have no leads. Like once this, once this lockdown is over, you're going to have to start all the way back at the beginning. And then it's going to take you three, three to four months just to catch up. I said, what you need to be doing during this time is at least getting people's planning permission put through because that's not impacted by the pandemic. At least get the ball rolling, get on calls, you know, at least start the process. And then he was like, oh yeah, I never thought of that. And then it was just that simple conversation that I had with him. And he said to me at the end, he goes, I'm so glad and I'm so grateful that I listened to you because honestly, I was so frightened. I was so scared. And he goes, but I realized now it was the best thing that you, the best thing that you told me to do was to keep on marketing because honestly, I would have started on the back foot, you know, because what you really highlighted in that report was a change. And you just mentioned was this change in people's states, the change in business owners' state in terms of the clinic owner also has to remember not to be acting out of fear, but also the change in the client state. And I think that that still continues today. As a clinic owner, I was talking to just last week, he was observing she used to have a really thriving clinic but her marketing activity that she was repeating now that she had worked two years ago it's no longer working working yes yeah yeah I mean you've got to be mindful of the of the climate you've got to be mindful of your avatar your ideal client and the thing is like you know every single business has been impacted we can't get away from that right but what people are looking for more than anything they're looking for leadership Okay, that's extremely important. Okay, they're really scared and they need someone to show them the way, right? Um, people are still going to be struggling with problems, but what you need to do is you need to make it more accessible, right? And so if that means that now you're switching to doing Zoom consultations because people can't get out their house, that that's the thing that you should be doing, right? In other words, you got to find ways to make it easy for people to connect with you, right? Um, you know, I so one of my, well, he's not actually a client, he's actually my accountant. What he did, one of the things that he did was he put together a Facebook group and it was all about um, you know business and finance planning during uh, during the lockdown and he literally put all of his clients into that group and every single day what he was doing was he was doing free videos in there right it was amazing I mean I, that's what you call leadership right that's what you call taking the bull by the horns and literally just giving the people what they need to know and I think what he was doing more than anything he was giving them the confidence to be able to continue right mm-hmm. and that's what people are looking for I mean I did the same thing with in my own group I had this thing where it was like build a bulletproof business on lo- lockdown and so for 35 days straight, I posted every single day a strategy in there um, or, a, or a tactic that did not rely on having to spend money. Right. So it's always to increase your business without spending any money whatsoever. And then the, the, the amazing thing off the back of that is when we did come out of lockdown, all of a sudden I had a record breaking quarter. Right. I mean, what was the thing that made the difference is because. I'd shown the people who were inside of my group that actually I'm really invested in your growth. Like I know you're scared, but you know what? There are all these things that you can do that don't cost you any money, right? None of these cost you money. You, it's just about you taking the either very low cost or they're, they're going to cost you nothing, but it's designed to help you grow your business. And the action takers are always the winners. Oh yeah, definitely. And then I remember when I stopped it, I had a few people complaining, say, why did you stop this kind of thing? So, you know, I would have loved to have continued, but, you know, I think it was, it was so time consuming and I was literally putting in like an hour, sometimes two hours a day just to basically produce the content. And it was getting to the point now between that and client work, it was, and, and homeschooling and everything. I was like, this is actually getting really hard to maintain. So then I made the conscious decision to stop, but yeah, it was, it was really good when I did it. Yeah. So something you're really passionate about is that before people do any marketing activity because whether they're investing money or not they're certainly investing their time and their effort and their energy is that they make sure that they are relevant and they're relevant to where their client is right yeah oh my god this is such a big one oh my god I, I feel like if there was one thing if you're gonna have like 
the what, what's the one thing that you could do more than anything in the world that is going to be better than any strategy, any tactic, anything at all that you could do? The number one. Sorry, I think well, I just the number one that. thing, and we froze. <laughs> so the number one thing. Got on a cliffhanger there. Yeah, I know. The number one thing I would say is be relevant to your audience, right? So your audience has got uh, a whole bunch of pain points. Okay, there are problems, there are pain points, or an unmet need, right? So for some, like depending on what business you are, it may be some sort of a desire that your that your um, you know audience has, right? And it's about being relevant, right? So it's about producing amazing content that's going to actually be helpful, right? I know a lot of business owners that kind of shy away from creating that content because it is time consuming. But you know what? That's your positioning piece, right? It's the thing that is going to connect emotionally you to your clients, right? I mean, if you think about the buying process, every single buying process, you know, we buy on emotion and we justify with logic right? Every single thought that you have is driven from some sort of an emotion somewhere, okay? And your buying decisions are no different. And the thing is, um, how I want you to think about it is like, if someone is flooding you with messages that are irrelevant, you're going to tune them out, okay? But if you, the messages that you're giving people are relevant, then people are going to start paying attention. You know, mm -hmm. if you've got a backache, right, then, you know, it, uh, your back is really bad. And then you're talking about, you know, here are top five stretches, you know, for you to basically get instant relief. You know, here, here, here's what you need to do if you've got really bad sciatica. Here's an emergency protocol. You know, if you've got you've been hit by sudden uh, you know, attack of sciatica or here's what you need to do. You know, if this has happened, if that's happened, people are going to look at that and they're going to think, oh, my gosh, number one, that you're demonstrating your expertise. OK, and number two, you're highly, 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 highly relevant to them. Right. They're going to think that this is somebody who actually gets me. They get the pain that I'm in. Right. Mm -hmm. And if it, and, and all that's really doing is it's building confidence within your ideal client to want to do business with you. So more than anything, the client is recognizing that you understand them. Now, yeah. sometimes clinicians tell me they're frightened of or nervous of putting giving their information out. Yes. Because they're giving everything away. And then why would people come to see me if I give all of this away in free YouTube yeah. videos or whatever or an ebook? Why would anybody come to see me? Oh, do you know what? That's just not true. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just not true. Right. So even myself. Right. So I ruptured two discs in my back. This was last year. And I remember the first thing I did was I reached out to you, mm -hmm. even though I've been through that so many times before where I've done my back in and I'm always like okay my back's gone <laughs> you know and bless you you always like help me out with with things like that right but the thing is though you've got, you got to think of it like this um it doesn't matter how much information you give right you can give away your best stuff right the fact of the matter is people are always going to need your help no matter what okay because there's just so many different things to do that you know every person no matter what you tell them they'll, they'll do the things that they can at home but they're going to need a professional to oversee that actually what they're doing, everything is doing, they're, they're doing it in the right way, right? So you're, they'll need help with the implementation. Of course, you're building course. the trust with the knowledge yes. that you're giving away. You're demonstrating your expertise, demonstrating that you understand your clients. So they exactly. feel that you are relevant to them and can help them with their problem. Definitely. But actually what you're doing is reassuring them yeah. that you can help them 
solve their problem and implement a plan that will get them the desired outcome. Exactly, exactly. I still go see a chiropractor twice a month, right? Um, and so it, uh, even though they gave me all of the exercises, they gave me all of the everything that you can think of that I could already have found on YouTube, I pretty much knew what I was doing. But what I needed was, is I need someone to be overseeing my plan, create a personal plan for me and create something that's going to help me get to, to what my goal is, which is to be able to walk around without any pain, right? And you cannot replace that with a video. You cannot replace that with, you know, some exercises or your best stuff that you're giving away, right? Because only you, when you get that patient in front of you and you've done your full assessment and your diagnosis, can you come up with a bespoke plan that's, that's relevant to them, right? And all your content is really doing is showing them and proving to them that actually you are the right person, right? So yeah, you should thing- never shy away from it, no. Definitely. The other thing that clinicians are sometimes nervous of is when I talk to them about niching, you know, if, if you've got a specialism, actually, this is brilliant if you've got a specialism, yeah. because now you can be highly relevant to a very niche audience and yes. people will really resonate with you rather than trying to be everything to everybody. Yeah. You really are talking to one person about a specific problem. But often clinicians and clinic owners can be really nervous about yeah. talking about their niche because they're frightened that they're going to alienate um others and i often relate it to a sushi restaurant if you're hungry and you want sushi you want sushi you don't yeah. want world cuisine you want sushi no. you get yeah, to a sushi exactly. restaurant you now somebody in your group might choose to order a steak that wasn't you know isn't a typical sushi food that they happen to provide but actually you went to the sushi restaurant you might want well to have paid more because that was what you were looking for you exactly. weren't looking for world cuisine that may well say your hunger and your desire for sushi but may well not yeah, exactly. Well, actually, you know, what? I mean, I love that analogy that you've given. And same issue. like, look, you know, if you had a heart problem, OK, do you want to go to your local doctor? Right. Or do you want to go see a heart specialist? Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I'm sorry, I, I would rather put my hands in. I, I mean, yes, go to the initial doctor for them to tell you there's a problem, but they will almost always refer you on to a consultant, a specialist yeah. consultant. Right. And the reason being, because that is all they specialize in. OK, mm-hmm. you know, there is this inherent fear that, yes, if I do that, then, you know, I'm going to be turning all of these people away and blah, blah, blah. But actually what I found, and this is certainly true from my own experience, the more niched I got and the more clear I was on my ideal client, the higher I was able to charge. Okay, um, the better quality client I was getting through the door. And guess what? People were now starting to refer me on to other people. Right. And also your marketing activity, you know exactly what you're talking about. You take oh, yeah. away a lot of the 100%. chaos. Yeah. Not just that. I mean, think about it. If you do everything, then your messaging is going to be very vague. Right. Whereas if you are niching down, if you're a back specialist and the only thing that you specialize in is we're going to help you with your back pain, that is all we're going to do. And we are specialists in back pain. Guess what? The person who is struggling with back pain, rather than going to a normal chiropractor or physio or whoever it is, right, a normal clinician, they would rather choose you over anyone else. I mean, honestly, this is one of the things that I looked for in, in the clinic that I attend. Um, their specialism is back pain. That is the number one thing that they specialize in. And it's very far as well. I'm, I'm going tomorrow, right? And it's actually quite far, right? So it's, for me, I'm like literally going to the other side of the city just to go get the treatment. But it's like, I'd rather go there knowing that, you know, I'm putting myself in really good hands, people who actually know what the heck they're doing, rather than putting myself in front of someone who kind of treats everyone. And actually, I don't want to get it caught up in that. Yeah, 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 we'll help you as best as we can. No, I want specialist advice. I want specialist treatment, right? And they also have like additional modalities that they can help you with, like, you know, things like IDD and things like that, you know? So they've got other things that they can help you with with your back pain. But this is like going back to like clinicians now. How I want you to think about it is 
if you are not specializing, then the problem that you're going to have is you're going to sound like everyone else, right? And you almost become like a commodity and it becomes very, very, very hard for you, number one, to charge what you want to charge. Number two, it's really hard to get, you know, clients in through the door because, you know, they, you are literally now competing against everyone else. There's no competitive advantage whatsoever, right? So it's like, if you if you do that, then it's going to be infinitely harder to get people coming in. And even when they do come in, it's, it's going to be even harder to get them to part with a lot of money, right? Why? Because it's like, oh, well, so-and-so down the road does it for this much. Now what happens is people start competing on price and this is where the problems start, right? And then it's like a, a really vicious cycle where you almost have to start discounting and doing all of these things and then taking in clients who are less than desirable just to be able to make ends meet, right? But when you specialise... It's the exact opposite. So you're describing if you have the confidence to be a category of one and communicate your specialism, not only are you able to tailor all your services to that person, you're able to make sure your marketing communication is relevant, yes. give away all your knowledge for free to build the trust and build the relationship. Then, yeah. Your ideal client will still come to you. In fact, your ideal clients are even more likely to come to you yeah, because they understand that you're the expert that's going to help them implement a plan to get them their desired outcome. Absolutely. Right. So we've had some questions for you, Arthur. Yeah, let's the do it. The first one is from Elizabeth. And you can tell we've, we've not gone directly for the book. She wants to know. So you've written MindHack Marketing and it's about your MindHack method. And she's asked very directly, what is your method? <laughs> That's a great, you know, no one's ever asked me that before. That's a great question. Yeah. So uh, actually, so basically the MindHack method is really about starting with your customer psychology, right? That's literally what the entire method is about. It's about first, let's understand who your ideal client is. Let's figure out exactly what are their dreams, what are their desires, what are their fears, their frustrations, their problems, the motivations, like what is really triggering them to make a buying decision and once you figured out all of that information how do you then take that information and put it into a campaign that converts right because one of the you know like the thing is I, I work with a lot of businesses um at lots of lots of different uh um sort of levels right and my highest sort of clients at the moment they're multi-eight figures and uh, it shocks me even at that level they've, they've achieved so much but then when I go in one of the first things I will do is Oh, well, you know, your messaging is off, you know, and just by changing, switching up the messaging, right, we see an instant boost in conversions, right? So, you know, instead of like, you know, 10% conversions coming through, we're now able to pull this up to 20, like you literally doubled your sales just for just by understanding like who is your ideal customer and really digging deep into that ideal because customer. otherwise you're just making noise rather yeah. than actually making sure and it's back to that relevancy then yeah oh my god you yeah. really understand your ideal client you can make sure your messaging your communication yeah. is a conversation with them that they yes. can recognize is relevant rather than just blasting out exactly noise. like you don't want to just sound like hey everyone you know i'm for everyone here no this is like you know i'm here to help this particular ideal client deal with this specific issue and this is what my specialism is and it's being able to effectively communicate that message you know understanding the language that makes that that really resonates with your ideal client and then taking that information and then being able to create campaigns that are, that use that information right because the more relevant you are guess what 
ultimately that's how, that's how many more sales that you're going to make you know i had uh, one client actually and um you know he 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 had spent a lot of money basically and a lot of time effort and energy learning how to write really amazing emails right and so he he said to me if i've got a real big problem here i said what's that and he said you know my my my, my biggest issue is i'm i'm spending all of this money on facebook i'm getting about three to four hundred leads coming in they're downloading a free ebook so he had a gym basically and um and i'm, I'm giving away a meal plan and I'm trying to get people to book a consultation with me and I can't get people to book a consultation, right? He said if he was lucky on a good day, he might get maximum three to four, you know, people booking a consultation a month, right? And I thought that's really low, right? So I said, okay, let's have a look at your emails. So I had a look at his emails and while the emails are really well written, they were completely devoid of emotion, right? So there was nothing there that was going to tap in to the pain points of what this person, you know, what the ideal client is really struggling with. So the first thing that I did was number one, I was like, okay, well, I need to do a deep dive into your avatar. That was the first thing that I did. And then the second thing I did was once I knew who the avatar was, and what their sort of biggest pain points were, the only thing I did with those emails, I didn't rewrite them. I literally just switched up the angle just ever so slightly, and added in and infused a whole bunch of emotion, right? So I didn't rewrite anything, literally just just upgraded the emails a little bit right we ran them and the first week that we ran them we got 18 18 calls booked just in the first week yeah, right this is something um, i put in our email newsletter last yes. week the logical solutions have gone they've solutions gone people don't are emotional them. Yeah. You've got to emotionally um, connect with your clients, not logically exactly, trying to connect with exactly. them. Exactly, right? And so just by removing the, the logic, it's not like we don't need the logic. Of course we need the logic. People need to understand how something works, right? But what they actually wanted was they wanted that, hey, you understand me and you understand what's going on here and you're helping me to understand what it is that you do, right? And my client then went on to have a record-breaking quarter, right? He made more money that quarter than he'd ever done ever in, in the history of the history of being open, right? And it was the, and that was the only thing that I did I didn't go in and do like a million different things I literally just thought okay let's get clear on the avatar let's figure out which emotions are triggering them and let's infuse that into the emails and that was literally all it took right and when you say which email which emotions are triggering them you mean which emotions are going to trigger their buying decision definitely definitely right so you just think about it right you know everyone has got some sort of a fear a problem they are motivated by something they fear something so it's understanding what those look like and tapping into them once you figured out what that looks like like writing your content becomes easy so you're talking there predominantly about tapping into people's fears rather than yeah. their dreams so you yeah. need to understand well, their dreams both. and fears do both right so i think i think look it's 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 a very delicate balance i always say it's a delicate balance right if you're all doom and gloom then people are just like oh my god this is so depressing right so you've also got to you know you've literally just got to kind of you know, bring in the uh, bring in the positive stuff as well, right? Remind them of what life looks like on the other side of that pain, right? So if you're talking about, you know, back pain, back pain, back pain, sometimes it's good to basically say, hey, listen, you know, I'm sure you would like to be able to just run around after the kids. I'm sure you'd love to go rock climbing or wherever else it is that you do, right? I'm sure you'd like to be able to go up the stairs without, you know, kneeling over, right? I'm sure you'd like to be able to get back to normal. So it's like, it's also about, it's not just about talking about the pain points. It's also looking at well, what does life look like on the other side of freedom from that pain, right? On the other side of it, if you just do that, it's too much hopium because you're not yes. talking about where you're at right now. So to be exactly. relevant, you have to have the balance of both. I, yeah, I like that. I'm going to steal that hopium. <laughs> I understand where you're at now. And I understand yes. where you want to be. But if you just do one or the other, if you just talk to their fears, it's too yeah. negative. But too if negative. you just talk to their dreams, it feels unrealistic. 
unrealistic exactly so there's got to be a happy medium between the two right um but the thing is that what i always say is like if you're going into an unknown market okay lead with desire because you talk about the thing that they want um but if you're going into a problem aware market then you want to lead with the problem talk about the problem okay and then talk about like what the solution is and, and, and what that would look like right so even understanding for example where you sit in the market is very important because it's going to impact the level at which you are talking about your product or service yeah so, so what you're what you're yourself. meaning there is as a clinic owner as a business yeah. owner you're understanding how aware are your your ideal clients yes of the fact that this is a problem and how aware are they yeah, absolutely. Problem that has a solution and then how are they aware of you because sometimes people aren't even aware that there is a problem in the first place Exactly. Exactly. And actually, that's a big one, right? So I want you to think about your audience literally being split into five different levels, right? You, the, uh, category number one is the unaware market. That's about 80% of your market, right? They've got no awareness whatsoever of you, of what the issues are, nothing, right? They might have a slight twinge in their back and, the, and, and then they don't give any thought to it, right? Then you've got the next level, of, which is the, the problem aware market. These are people who know they've got a back problem or they've got pain somewhere in their body. They know they've got an issue, but they they don't know what the solutions are right their bog standard approach is going to be let's go take some painkillers right mm -hmm. um we might even you know we might even be thinking about uh, you know uh, basically contacting the doctor right then we've got the solution aware people these are people who are aware of what the different solutions are these are going to be the people who are a little bit more serious and essentially what they're doing is at this point they are you know calling the doctor Right. So they're taking the painkillers, they're doing the stretches, they are, you know, contacting the doctor and they're trying to get a bit more professional help. Right. Then you've got people who are product aware. Right. So the people who are product aware is they, these are the people who are a little bit more empowered. And what they're doing is they're looking at alternatives. So it's like, OK, well, the doctor didn't really massively help. Let's see what else I can do. Right. Where else can I go to get my problem fixed? And it's at this point. And I don't think it would come really earlier than that, that they might be thinking about doing things like a chiropractor or going to see a physio or something like that. Right. And, and then you've got the sort of the, the hyper aware or the most aware. These are the people who, for whatever reason, they've not made a buying decision. And at this point, what you want to do with them is you want to really wow them with the best stuff. Right. So the best content, but also the best deals. Right. For them. Right. Pull them in with something that's going to really help them. And it's, it's and I would say also your competitive advantage really is going to be in your premium positioning. Right. So it's like it shouldn't just be, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a chiropractor that just does backs, but I've got a three step system and give it a name, you know, and let it be something that's personal to you. It's like with you, you've got the Markland method. Right. Mm -hmm. It's your proprietary system. So mm -hmm. at this point that your competitive advantage is going to be in that proprietary system that you own hey i've got a three-step system that is going to literally take you from this point here where you're in pain right to this point here where you're free from that pain right and that is what is going to give people that confidence to want to do business with them what you're talking about just to go back a moment is actually you need to understand where your clients are in yeah. that process yeah definitely. you could be talking to the premium clients where actually most people don't even know that they they have a problem perhaps they've transitioned to home working and still home working two years later and it hasn't yet caught up with them that their desk setup is not appropriate exactly for example but yet you're talking to them about a wonderful solution to this complex yeah. back pain 
but not talking to where they are right now. Yeah, exactly. Right. And you wouldn't know that unless you did the digging, unless you did the, the background research. right? And that's exactly what my book is, is really getting to the crux of. Right. Um, and the thing is, it's like if you understand who your ideal client is and how you can help them properly and you're able to clearly articulate that to your ideal audience, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to win where everyone else is really struggling. And yeah. I think it's, that's going to be the thing that is going to make the difference. So what you're describing is before you're just making a load of marketing noise, you're doing this work, you're using Alphasis for the MindTap marketing yes. to really delve into understanding who your ideal clients are, what their dreams, hopes, fears are, where they are in terms of their knowledge and awareness of, yeah. of what you offer as a potential solution. And then you're providing that education, that knowledge, that skills to build the trust, to build the relationship so that they can start to see that you're the person, your practice is the place that's going to take them from where they are now to where they desire to be exactly exactly and you know one thing i will say as well and i think this is really important for all the clinicians who are listening out there if you don't start with your ideal client and you just go and do a whole bunch of marketing and nine times out of ten it's not going to work right because there's no strategy in place right i always say like the thing that is going to create the biggest impact in your business is if you put your ideal client number one right when you really take your time to start there and you understand who it is that you're serving everything should be centered around your ideal client it's literally building a client-centric business by putting your ideal client number one right that's who you're doing it for it's not about you as a business owner this is about you being the best that you can be for your perfect ideal client right and it's that small little shift that's what often this will literally take a business from like oh I'm kind of just doing okay to doing fantastically well right and the more clarity that you have around that the more money you're going to make yeah and so you can also then make sure that you're really understanding your clients before they've even contacted you or thought about you or know you exist yes and you're communicating so that you're there to be found once they do start looking for information um, and also that you're describing very much at the top end of that ladder that you were describing, that you've mapped out your services yeah, to meet their needs. And you can't do any of this if you don't have a niche and an ideal client, because otherwise exactly. it's overwhelming and too much work and chaotic. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, though, that the more clarity that you have around that, right, the easier everything else becomes, right? So, you know, building out your strategy, building out your campaigns, all the rest of that, right? Knowing what to say to your ideal clients. But not just that, you are staying top of mind and relevant to your customer, right? Just think about it. If they're seeing constant information coming from you, the expert, you know, on this one thing, you're staying hyper relevant to them, right? So that even if they don't have a problem, but they like your content and, you know, they're struggling. If they, let's say they have a little bit of a minor twinge and then they're looking, you know, they go find your content and they start consuming your content. When things start getting really bad, who, who do you think that they're going to go to? Yeah. They, they're going to contact you. Like, that's it. It's, it, 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 it's almost like it's the thing that is going to make the, the biggest difference, right? If you stay top of mind and you stay relevant to your audience, this is why I always tell people, even if you've got lockdowns, don't stop marketing right figure out a different way of marketing if you have to you know lessen your budget if you have to but don't stop marketing why because you know what number one creating content is it doesn't cost anything to create content other than your time right number that's that's the first thing and number two you really got to put yourself in the, in the shoes of well do you know what my my clients still have a problem right i do clients still have a problem Okay, and I know that I can help them. But the thing is, if you operate from a place of fear, then really what you're doing is you're just like, okay, well, I'm just going to let everything else just dictate how I'm going to be. I'm going to switch everything off, right? Because I'm trying to save the money. Not actually understanding that the, you know, staying relevant, staying top of mind, that's the thing that's going to that's gonna help get those people coming in through your doors. 
Now, something else that you talk about is strategy versus tactic. What's yes. the difference between those two terms? Oh, oh God, honestly, I, I, you know what? Tactics is, I'm just going to go, I've, I've seen this ad, it's for a webinar, I'm going to go do that, right? Or I'm going to go do this, I'm going to do that. In other words, tactics, there's no coherent strategy, there's no overarching reason why you're doing it other than, oh, it looks good right? Or it sounds really amazing, okay? So tactics is the tools that you use to achieve something, okay? But on their own, they don't, they don't do anything other than waste money, okay? A strategy takes into account what your goals as a business are. It takes into account where you are right now, right? And it creates a very solid, firm foundation for you to get from point A to point B, right? So if, let's say in your, like, let's say we're in Q1, right? If your Q1 goal is that you want to hit 100k at the end of the quarter, okay, what does that look like? How many patients do I need? Okay, now I know how many patients I, I need to hit my goal, okay? What are the marketing activities that I need to do in order to, uh, to get those patients coming in, right? So it's figuring out and giving yourself a very solid plan, not just let's just hope and pray, right? The opium that you were talking about, right? Let's just go and try this and then see if it sticks. No, when you do it from a strategic point of view, what you're doing is you're doing it with all the information that you possibly can have. And then you're making an informed decision as to which tools and tactics you're going to do. Yeah, so you reverse engineering. If this is where I want to be, this is what I want to achieve this quarter. What are all the elements that have to happen? And with every element that you're putting down, the more knowledge and evidence you have to support that in terms of conversion rates or yeah, numbers, better. Yeah. and then the constant question is, well, what do I have to do to hit that? What do I have to do to hit that? What do I exactly. have to do to hit that? Exactly. Right. So I, I've had people coming to me saying, yeah, I need to, I want to make 10, like, you know, these are like people who are starting out. Right. Um, and these are conversations that I have all the time. They're like, yeah, I want to make 10 K a month. Okay, cool. Right. What does that look like? Yeah. I'm only charging X amount. And it's like, you know, that the, the, the strategy is flawed because they don't understand how to package and price, you know, uh, their, their services. They don't know how to do that. Okay. They don't have a clear understanding of who their avatar is. There's so many things that are missing. And then what they do is they'll like run Facebook ads and they're like, oh my God, I lost all this money. I don't even know what the hell I was doing. They couldn't get calls booked. Right. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you just go after tactics versus strategy. You end up burning a lot of through a lot of money. I like to think of strategic planning as doing the right things in the right order to achieve the right outcome. Right. That's how I like to think about it. And that includes everything. So if somebody says I need to hit 100K in the quarter and they don't have clarity on the ideal client, I'm like, we're not running no campaigns until you first figure on you until you have first clarified that. Once we know what that is, okay, now let's have a look at your pricing and your packaging. Are you pricing it in a way that is, you know, conducive to, you know, being able to hit that those numbers? Because that's a very big number. But if you're charging like 50 pounds an hour, you're never going to hit that. You'd have to make a lot of sales just to hit that 100K, right? So it's like now looking at like, how are you actually packaging this? right and then then it's like looking at okay well now we know how many people that we need how many conversations how many clients do we actually need right but in order to hit the number of clients how many conversations do i need to have now this is something and this is a big one actually nobody ever thinks about that i've lost count now like if i had a pound but every time somebody went and when i said to them how many conversations do you need to have and they can't tell me that's insane Right. So the average sort of conversion rate for going from a discovery call into getting someone into your your basically basically getting them to buy from you is around 20 percent. 
like you know it's it's about that's the industry average some people are going to be a little bit higher so some people are going to be a bit lower right so if you said i need 10 clients right well, hold on a second on a 20 percent, how many people are you going to have to actually speak to yeah so what your your point is here is um that um when you know how when you know what you want to achieve is your pricing yeah. your packaging your offering correct right yes. now you need you know how many new clients you need per week yeah. or per month but actually what does that mean in terms of the number of whether it's a discovery call or a yes. triage assessment whatever it is whatever your introduction is yeah how many conversations do you need to be having or do your, does your clinic yeah. need to be having um ideally hopefully you've got historic data of your clinic so you know what yes, your exactly. own conversion rates are yeah um and then how much what they need to start to learn from that is right if that's how many conversations you need to be having to, to get 10 clients if you need to be having 20 conversations or yes. whatever it is that you find your numbers are yeah then what do you have to be doing to get those 20 conversations in the first place exactly exactly so that's how it works right so let's say your goal for the month is I just want to do 10k this month right and you got a 5k package so let's give it let's give a concrete example right so if you got a 5k package you know that in order to hit 10k you need two clients right mm -hmm. sounds simple enough right what people do is they fixate on those two clients what they don't think about is actually I need to get 10 high quality leads into my business before I can close those two people mm -hmm. That's the thing that they they completely miss that, right? And then what are the activities that I'm doing to generate those 10 conversations, right? So it's like, you've got to think from a more strategic point of view. It's always not what is it that you want, but what actually needs to happen in the background in order to make that happen, right? And then you got to look at your budget, right? That's, that's a, it's a different nuanced layer, right? Oh, I've only got a very small marketing budget. Okay, well, do you know what did you know that you could generate all 10 of those potential people from from facebook or you know from social media completely organically and not have to spend any money but it is time consuming right so it's like there's a there's so many different levels and so many different nuances that you need to be thinking about you know but it's i think once you've kind of like you know nailed what that looks like or what that process looks like for you then everything else becomes really easy because you now got very concrete goals okay so in order for me to hit my targets every single month this is how many conversations i need to have this is how many people i need to close this is what i need to be closing at right and here's what the upsell might look like right and these are how many people i have to get into some sort of an ascension program right so it's like under understanding once you figured out what that looks like everything else becomes so much more easier it's like you're going um you're literally going downstream rather than like, like than trying to jump upstream right everything becomes it flows in the right direction then and if you're collecting your own data then yes. again you know what your ratios are what your numbers need to be so when you're yes. planning next quarter you can put in information that is accurate to your practice to your clinic exactly and if you don't have any historic data then at least start collecting it now yes so you're taking away the guesswork exactly but also that you can start to see if clinics have got historic data from two years ago and things aren't working in the way they were for them they yeah. can see where they're not working exactly. is it that the conversation in the practice isn't going as well as it was but actually you're getting the same number of leads yeah. or is it that your number of inquiries has dropped and has your number of inquiries dropped because you've dropped the ball in terms of the communication okay. you're doing or are you no longer relevant because you haven't reconnected where you with where your clients are now yeah, exactly. And I think, look, you how I want you to think of it is it's almost like a pipeline, right? Mm -hmm. In order for somebody who is struggling with a problem to come to you and get that solution, it's it's good for you to just sit down, maybe spend an afternoon planning. What does every step or every stage look like in my business, right? And then mapping out and 
accurately tracking every single stage in your business you see once you do that then you've got actual hard solid data points that you can actually compare yourself with right so when you know that this month oh god the sales were down you can see immediately where the drop-off was okay well the sales are down because actually instead of getting those 10 people instead of having 10 conversations this week i only managed to have four okay, well, we need to get more leads in, right? So you can then start diagnosing the problems in your own business, right? So you will become more confident at figuring out where the gaps are, right? Where where do we need a little bit more work? Where does something need a little bit of tweaking or changing, right? But you can't do that if you don't, if you haven't actually got a full-blown process in place and you don't know what that looks like, it's very hard to make a decision then. It's like, oh, what do we need to do next? It's almost like poking in the dark, trying to figure something out. But actually, you've got you've got no basis to work off because you haven't you haven't done any of the, the legwork. You haven't done any of the preliminary work. Yeah, and I always say if it's scary cutting your numbers now, it doesn't matter. If you've got them, then at least you can assess, diagnose it and build a plan yeah. from there. But if you don't have them, then um, you're in the dark. And actually, right yeah. now, all they're doing is providing you a, a line in the sand in which you can move from. And you know what the priority is in terms of what you're addressing, first of all. Exactly. It, it might well be that your communication is relevant. You just haven't done enough of it. Yes, with all sorts of. But you wouldn't know that unless you actually dig, you know, like was drilling in through the numbers and looking at that. Right. Um, And nine times out of 10, it's like whatever issues that you might be facing with your clinic. I promise you, like nine times out of 10, you can fix them very easily as long as you know where to look right where the problem is is when you haven't tracked any of that and it's actually you're like oh well I I don't know what's caused this and then you're just kind of it's guesswork then right and then it's like a hope and a prayer that something that you're going to do differently is going to work whereas if you have a systemized process you know exactly where it is you know where the problem is and that's what can lead to shiny penny syndrome in terms of oh yes I will take the adverts at the local GP surgery I will do something because then you're being reactive then aren't you Yeah, I I believe like, and and you're like me, Kit, right? We firmly believe in the proactive approach, right? It's about being proactive with your clinic and really, really understanding and digging deep into, okay, well, who's my ideal client? What are the processes? What's my budget? What are my numbers? What are my KPIs? And you once said to me, and and I've never forgotten this, you said numbers don't bite, right? They don't. They give you a reference point, right? And people do get scared of numbers because maybe they don't understand how to how to use them properly, right? Well, that's why they would need your help, right? Because then you can help to decipher that, right? Use one of these, you can figure yeah. it out. <laughs> a calculator, a phone, whatever, right? But the thing is, though, data gives you, it gives you so much, right? There's so much that data can, can tell you. But if you don't understand how to interpret the data, then you're going to be stuck right so it's really about empowering yourself and helping yourself to basically be empowered to to look after your own clinic by understanding all of that right um the more data you have the more clarity you have and then when things go wrong sometimes just a simple glance over the over the figures and you'll be able to spot the problem you'll you'll be able to spot the bleeding problem bleeding neck problem from a mile away right oh that's what's what's causing the issue rather than just sitting there and wondering what the heck happened you know Right, I have a couple more questions for you. This one uh, comes from Lee. She says, I find it hard to detect what it is that people, customers are looking for. They often use non-emotional language and tell me they want to get rid of the pain. From time to time, there is someone who gets a bit emotional about the reason they came to my practice, but most of them stay within their lanes of, within the lines of living. So how do I get to the real thing? Why do they contact me? And how do I do this? without putting my clients into tears straight away and without being seen as some sort of emotional guru. 
So, <laughs> I love that David. question. I think it's great. It's a great question. So how I want you to think of it is there's always two layers to how people work, right? There's the internal versus the external. Okay. So internally, right? It's what a person, how is a person thinking? How are they feeling? What are their emotions around that area of their life? And I can tell you now, for example, if you've done your back in, the frustration is unreal, right? So simple little things that you can't do. And I, and I think it's just kind of like projecting your mind to how is this making a person feel? They're going to feel useless. They're going to feel like a bit of a failure. Um, part of it, they may be blaming themselves. I know when I did my back in, I was blaming myself a lot because I was thinking, well, actually, I should have been sat in my desk for so long. You know, I should have been moving a lot more, you know? And so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of different things that are going on internally, right? Then you've got the external, which are the outside symptoms it's the actions the behaviors that a person is displaying and so what you're kind of describing there is the person whoever it is that's coming into your clinic they're focusing more on the external which is the actions and the behaviors the things that are being impacted what they're not talking about really is the internal stuff right so what I would suggest for you to do is it's not about you being an emotional guru. It's just about asking the right questions, right? So it could be something as simple as, okay, so, um, you know, you've mentioned that, you know, your, your back is really bad in the morning. How is that impacting your day, right? How does this, um, how does this impact your morning routine? OK, um, what are the things and asking them simple questions like what are some of the things that you were able to do before that you no longer can do? Right. And asking the right questions there. And then what will happen is you'll start building up a picture of this is what this person's day is like. Actually, do you know what? They are really struggling to walk. They can't get up the stairs properly. It's making them feel frustrated. They're feeling very annoyed. Maybe they've, maybe they've got young children and they can't play with them. That's going to make them feel like a bit of a failure, right? Your job is not to remind them of those things, is basically to understand what that might feel like for them, right? And so once you know what that looks like, then the way that I would do it is, look, you know what, um, you know, I know that you're struggling with this, this and this, but actually, you know, you, you know, just having a course of treatments with us um, by treatment number four, we can expect you to basically be back on your feet. OK, um, by tr treatment number six, you know, roughly we would expect you to be at least 70 percent better by this point. You'll be able to play with your kids again. Right. So it's asking about their goals, helping them to understand what is it that they want? What is it that they really do value? And then talking about that and then talking about that back to them in a way that doesn't really feel threatening you don't have to remind them that it's all doom and gloom if they're using non sort of emotive language that's okay all they need to know is that you really understand them that's it that's what's most important and then we have another question from van here who says as a clinician and clinic owner what do you advise regarding social media presence many coaches advise regular posts with a small percentage being salesy and the rest content driven this is time consuming do you recommend this job to be outsourced or should I be going or should I be doing it myself or is it a waste of time? OK, that's a great question. Right. So it's really going to depend on where you're at. Right. So if you're at the six figure mark, hire someone to do it for you. OK, if you're below the six figure mark. OK, what I would suggest that you do is even if that requires you to spend maybe one afternoon, um, you know, just putting together some ideas for content. Right. Then definitely start doing that. Look, even even at my level, right, I still post on social and I still get I'm 
still amazed at how fantastic some of the quality of the clients that come back. I have had some whopper clients from that, you know, from, from Facebook. And for, for, for you, you've got to really think about, okay, well, what's most important to me? Do I want to build a connection with my audience? Do I want them to be able to see that I can really, really, really help them? Do I want to be the face of the brand? And so these are all things that you have to figure out for yourself, okay? Now, in terms of the posts themselves, do they need to be time-consuming? No, they don't, right? So I really do advise that you look at maybe cycling your posts, okay? So, you know, sit down, plan for, uh, you know, the month ahead. I'm going to have a theme. Okay. Today, this, this month, we are only going to be talking about, um, you know, let's say we're only going to be talking about back pain this month. Right. And that's all we're going to focus on. And specifically, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to have a plan where, you know, once a week I'm going to do, I'm going to show a stretch. Okay. And so that might require you spending five minutes in front of a camera showing what that stretch looks like. Okay. Um, and then your call to action really is simple, something as simple as listen, you know, if you found that helps, this is the, and, and, you know, you want more, you want a little bit more advice, you know, feel free to, uh, to reach out to me, drop me a comment below and uh, I'll reach out to you and we'll, and we'll get a call booked. That's simple. Doesn't think, have to be complicated. Yeah. I think also what Van is in, really interestingly describing here is many coaches advise regular posts and the importance of consistency. Yes, it's consistency. And by the way, consistency is different for every single person. Okay. So for some people, consistency looks like posting once a week. Okay. Um, not posting once in a blue moon. Right. So really what you've got to be focused on is, okay, I don't have a lot of time, but you know what? I will commit to doing a post on a Tuesday and a Thursday. That's it. Right. You can do things like posting up testimonials from clients. You can do videos. You can do like just like a, a very quick exercise that you're sharing with people. You can talk about a, a real pain point. You can educate people. You know, there's so many different things that you can potentially do. But it's really about you being mindful of what your time is. And if you know that you're super busy, you don't have a ton of time. Just commit to posting once a week. Right. That's better than not posting at all. Trust me. And I think what's interesting there, so the, the consistency has been important, um, but it's missing the, perhaps it's missing the element of making it relevant so that any time you are spending is actually really worthwhile time because yeah. it, you're making sure that what you're putting out there is relevant yeah. rather than just noise, because that can happen with social media. You're just putting noise. You've been told you've got to post X number of times a week or X number of times a day. Yeah, so I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Done. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I always say quality over quantity every day of the week, right? You know, if I, it, it's same with me, right? I, I, I publish regular newsletters to my list and I have got a very high open rate, right? So at the low end, it's around 40%. And at the high end, it's been as high as 80%, right? Reason being because I post very high quality content to my, to my newsletter, right? I always try and be as helpful as I possibly can. And people love it, right? But if I know that I'm super duper busy, one of the things that I will do, because I've got literally, I think I've got like four, nearly four years worth of content now. If I'm super busy, what I'll do is I'll go through my old newsletters and I'll think, well, I haven't posted that in about two years. And I'll literally just copy and paste into, the, into a new email. Same thing. People forget. Right. So you can cycle through content. Don't think that you have to reinvent the wheel every single time. Right. You can even do things like tell stories. Right. You know, so instead of sitting there, like racking your brains, blank page syndrome, where, you, you know, you're getting the writer's block and you're struggling to write something. You know, you might see something in, in, the, in the news or you might see a story that you've read somewhere. Just tell a story. 
right? And you can just basically tell a story of a person who's struggling with something and just say, if this person came into my clinic, here are the different steps that I would have taken and put this person through. And we would have been able to get at least a 70 to 80% improvement in, you know, in 90 days, right? If that's something that you want, you know, Drop me, uh, drop me, um, you know, a comment below, and 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 let's get a call booked, right? So Van's there for making sure that the time she spends is really relevant. And Van talks about here about outsourcing and what she should do herself. I'm quite often a fan of the clinic owner or the clinicians creating yes. the primary content, whether that's a written piece or a yes. video, but then hiring somebody that's technically very literate and speedy. Yes. To, to deal with it for you and yeah exactly I mean yeah, think about repurposing right so let's say you did I don't know you let's say you did an interview somewhere right get the interview transcribed you can use something like temi.com which is very very cheap um and then literally just take that content give it to someone who can just pull out little bits of you know snippets of really cool stuff from that and then turn it into a post and get it posted up right um and you might want to say okay well I've done this podcast well could I upload it as, a, as, as YouTube right so you can repurpose your content in many different ways what I would generally say is like if you're below the sort of six figure mark and even if you are just kind of hovering at the six figure mark try and stick to one platform it's the easiest right um don't overwhelm yourself instead of like committing to like several different platforms pick one you know and then just do it consistently right the, the, it's more important that you do that than try and commit yourself over commit and post to like so many different places and then just not do a very good job of uh you know engaging and that's very important by the way so with social remember it's a two-way conversation right it's better for you to stick to one platform where you know that you can go back in and engage with people rather than spread yourself too thin you're on three four different platforms oh my god now i have to go and you know respond to all these comments on these other platforms and this platform and that platform is better for you to just stick to the one right um and in terms of like outsourcing look you know you can get uh, get yourself like a really good content uh, writer if you're going specifically for sales I would say more than anything, go for a copywriter rather than a content writer, the two are not the same. Um, you know, copywriters will write to sell, um, whereas a content writer will write to inform. They're two very different skill sets, but a copywriter will almost always know how to write content as well. So that's just- And if you've created the primary content in terms of created a video or something exactly. like that, you've given them the core of what it is that they can then work with to- Exactly. Exactly. And also, you know, copywriters will 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 give your content that sort of magic spin. Right. Uh, case in point, you know, I'm, I'm working with a leadership team at the moment. And yesterday, the conversation that I had with her, I, I wrote her landing page. She was like, I completely rewrote the whole thing. She went, oh, my God, she goes, this, I can't believe you're describing my business like this. And I went, it was obvious to me, but it was not obvious to her. This is something that she's been doing for more than 10 years. She said, why am I not talking about my business the way that you're talking about it? She goes, it sounds so compelling. I would so get on this, like, it was, it was to promote a webinar. And I was like, yeah, because I can see what you can't see. You know, nine times out of 10, as a business owner, you're so close to your own business. It's almost like the tip of your nose, right? You're too close to it, and so you can't see it. Right. And you have too many emotional sort of you, there's an emotional attachment there to your business. Right. Whereas with somebody like me, I'll go in. I've got no emotional attachment to your business whatsoever. And I can see what you can't see. Right. And that's what it makes it. That's why it makes it easy for me to write, you know. Um, and I've even had copyright friends of mine tell me like, oh, my God, like, you know, it's so easy to write for other people, but it's so hard to write for yourself. I'm like, yeah, because when you're writing for yourself, your own emotions get involved, you know. So that that is a, is a little tip. Right. So if you're looking for someone to hire into your business, think about having a copywriter that can make your sound 
stuff sound really cool and compelling. And then the next question, I'm, Van hasn't asked this, but if I were her, the next question I would be asking was, well, so I'm going to use one platform. Which one should I use? What should, which one should I focus on? So I would say, look, it's going to really depend on your ideal client, right? So if you're going, let's say you're going after only corporates, right? Or you're only going after a certain type of person, right? Corporate people, most of them are going to be on LinkedIn right so then that is the place where I would go right but how do you make it relevant to them you start talking about their performance right because when you got a bad back it's going to impact your performance you can't be that high level leader or high level executive if you are riddled with pain right so talk about what's relevant to them okay um if I was going to say okay well you know what what's the universal platform that virtually anyone can get on and get started immediately I would say it's Facebook right? If you're going after a more younger crowd, right? Um, and you're going after people who are a bit more sort of, you know, the, the conscious about their image and things like that, Instagram is probably where, where you would want to be. And if you're going after a super young crowd, then TikTok is probably where it's at. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's thinking yeah. about where your ideal client hangs out, but it's also got to be a place where you enjoy spending yeah. some time so that you... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The best, do the, the best platform. Yeah, the best platform for you is the one where your ideal client hangs out and you enjoy being on, right? Um, and by the way, YouTube, for example, you know, it's predominantly male, believe it or not, right? So just slightly a bit more. There's about 55% of users are male on 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 um, uh, YouTube. Some people are visual. Some people love to read. So think about that in terms of how you create your content, right? You should really have a nice mix of them. But if you are going after people who are known, not like they're super duper busy, then actually writing long form content might not be the thing for you, right? It might be better for you to do short, sharp videos instead, right? Again, it's going to depend on your ideal client. This is why it's so important to figure out who your ideal client is. Right, Arthur, thank you so much for your time. I have one last question for you. You have a crystal yeah. ball in front of you. Yes. I've <laughs> <laughs> not asked Arthur this question before. What do you see when you look in it? What does the future look like for independent clinic owners in the crystal ball? Ah, oh my God, what a question. Wow. Okay, so here's what I'm going to, this is my prediction, okay? Um, if you're not relevant to your ideal customer, you're going to lose right? Your, you are, your business is really going to struggle, right? You really will struggle. Um, we don't know when, you know, this pandemic is ever going to be over. I know they're talking about lifting pretty much everything now, but there are, uh, there are all sorts of, you know, theories going on about, you know, in the future, there could be other viruses and things like that and might cause your business to go into lockdown again. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. So for you, it's, got, it's a number of things. It's going to be risk mitigation, which is really important. And risk mitigation really looks like, well, what can I do to try and safeguard my business from any kind of disaster? Okay. That's knowing your numbers, right? Understanding your ideal customer. I'd say these two, if you, if you haven't really gotten to grips with these two, that's literally where I would start. Um, and essentially where, where, where it's going to go, in my personal opinion, is we're going towards being hyper relevant to your audience. Okay. People are now valuing that connection more than anything else. They're looking for leadership. Okay. And stories, by the way, storytelling is huge. Okay. Because it's people are hardwired to respond to stories. Start sharing stories, success stories and case studies of your clients, right? Start showing your process. Be proud of the process that you've got, right? If you don't have a process, get one, right? And, you know, Kate will be able to help you with that, right? That's definitely something that she can help you with, right? So it's really figuring out and understanding and clearly articulating the value that you provide to your ideal clients. The more relevant you become, the easier it will be for you to stay in business, okay? But 
if you're not relevant, what's going to happen is more clinicians will come into the market. And you know what? It, it, you will literally be at price wars with everyone. Right. You've got to find your competitive advantage. And that is really going to come from, you know, it's going to come from your understanding the ideal client. It's going to it's going to come from knowing how to put your uh, package, your services and your and your products in a way that sounds super compelling. It's about having your own proprietary system. And it's about knowing how to put all of those things together in a cohesive way that when a person comes in, they've got the most fantastic experience of working with you, right? That's what that is going to look like. And if you shy away from any of these things, you're going to struggle. You're going to be one of those clinicians who will be literally, you know, literally chasing their tail and going from like, you know, one minute it's boom and the next minute it's bust and you're literally swings and roundabouts with your income. Um, so if you want to avoid all of that and you want to get your stuff on, a, on an even keel, I think that the, the best thing that you can do is, is really future-proof your business by, by really getting to grips with all of these things that I've just talked about. Wonderful. And what you're describing is the window of opportunity is now. Definitely. Thanks. Definitely. Don't do it now. That's it. You're going to struggle. Thank you very, very much, Alpha, for your time. And thank you very much for joining us. Very welcome. I hope you <laughs> have enjoyed that. I will put a link to Arthur's uh, book, Mindhack Marketing, in the in the comments below. And those of you that have asked a question, we will be sending you a copy of Arthur's wonderful book. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you grow your practice for free. Firstly, grab a copy of how to create a super successful practice plan at marklandmethod.com forward slash resources. And secondly, whilst you're there, check out Marketing Alchemy Revealed to demystify the myths of marketing. Thirdly, join my free channels by visiting marklandmethod.com forward slash grow. And finally, please leave us a five-star review so I can gain access to more influential people and speakers and bring their lessons back to you here.